Welcome to Broken to Beautiful, a podcast sharing the stories of God's work in the lives of women and how he allowed their brokenness to be made beautiful. Here at Broken and Beautiful, we want to meet you in your broken parts and partner with God as he turns weeping into dancing. We hope each of these stories reminds you of the hope we have in Jesus. Enjoy the show. Hey y'all, welcome back to Broken and Beautiful. Um, I'm here with my mother-in-law, Jane, because Alex couldn't make it. And um, we have a very special guest who um, has been a huge part of my walk with the Lord, even though um, she doesn't know it. (laughs) But she wrote a book called Popular, um, and her name is Tyndall Baldwin. And um, I just love her story because it's very similar to mine. But yeah, Tyndall, we're so excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, um, yeah, we were just, we were supposed to record this last week. Was it last week? I think it was. And yes. y'all had a huge storm. What happened? Yeah, we've we've had a series of storms. Like I'm currently sitting by my deck and we had a tree fall in our house earlier this year. And so we like, storms have given me, now, now I'm like have PTSD to storms. But yeah, our internet went out last week, so we couldn't record. Um, and we just got it back on Monday. So I was like, come on. That's crazy. Was your power out too, or is it just your internet? No, it just the internet just went out. Just, wow. You know, yeah, but here we are. Yes, I'm so thankful that we could postpone. Um, and yeah, well, um, if you just want to introduce yourself, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. So, like she said, I'm Tyndall, and I wrote a book called Popular because I think our stories are really similar in that. Um, I didn't know Jesus until college, even though I was raised in a very Christian family. Um, I have three brothers who all know and love Jesus, two of which are worship pastors. Um, probably heard them on the radio. <laughs> like they, uh, And they've been doing worship music since I was, gosh, I guess I was in middle school. But um, yeah, so my parents were heavily involved in the church, and um, but I just didn't, I didn't really want anything to do with it. And so I ran away from God really right at the beginning of high school. And um, lived a very dark life away from Jesus and then became a Christian in college. Um, after my brother invited me to hear him sing at his very first passion conference, um, which was so cool to be at and became a Christian while I was there, which that's like a high level of my story. But um, so I ended up writing my story down after my husband and I got married. I just felt like God was asking me to write my story. So I did and published it a couple years later. Um, really through like a series of crazy God events um, was it published. But um, so it's really cool. Cause I get to, I mean, I'm, I guess it's been out for eight years now and I still get to like, see just how God uses it. And he just keeps redeeming that very dark, hard part of my life with his amazing grace. So yeah, I love getting to do stuff like this and just hearing how my life and, you know, your life intersected, even though we never met. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I've heard you on different podcasts and speaking for different churches and stuff. And um, I just love that you wrote your story down, not planning for it to become a book, right? Like you you just felt God calling you just to write it down so you didn't forget it almost? Or what was that process? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I think it was Jeff Henderson. And I always give him credit for this quote. So if it's not him, he can correct me at some point. But he, <laughs> he said... Um, if you want to hear God's faithfulness or if you want to remember God's faithfulness, write your story down. 
And so I just was like, okay. Um, and I love writing. I've loved writing since I was like a little kid. Um, and which is really cool because my oldest daughter also loves writing and she started making books. Um, which is so fun to watch. But uh, I've always loved writing. And so I, when I heard that, I was like, I'm just going to write it down. And honestly, I was substitute teaching at the time in high schools. And I just met so many girls who really had a story like mine. But I felt like they didn't have the um, the family connection to like introduce them to Jesus. And so I just wanted, and there wasn't a ton of resources. Like I would go to look for a book for a teenage girl or like just, you know, give them like, hey, have you read this? Or have you looked at this? And there just wasn't a lot of, you know, clear um, like like re- like representations of what it actually looked like to live away from God and then actually come back and talk Mm -hmm. about like the really, you know, kind of tough stuff that is maybe uncomfortable (laughs) to talk about. And so I was like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just do it. (laughs) And so I did. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's seriously been such a blessing to so many people. It's just, it's so relatable. Like what you were just saying, it just is so like, this is reality. And this is what my life looked like when I ran away from God. And it was I just, it's so, it's just so relatable. And um, also I was thinking about how you grew up in a Christian home. And um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, do you think that no matter how well you had the gospel explained to you, you still would have ran from God and made the decisions you did? Because I just think about people who didn't grow up in, like I didn't grow up in a Christian home really. And um, it's just interesting to see like how you can still make, like, you know, like you hear the gospel, but the difference of like, Yeah, totally. I think, um, like one thing I pray for my kids and I don't know if I said this already, but I have, I have four kiddos, two girls and two boys. And so one thing I pray for them and my husband, I pray is just that they will know and love God in a real way. And I think like you can hear the gospel all you like in, in 10 different ways, but it's got to hit you in like a real way. Like you've got to be able to see yourself, um, that you are someone Jesus died for and like your sins are like took him to the cross. And uh, there was no amount of like explanation that was going to get me there. It was such a hard thing. And my heart was so hard, um, especially towards faith and Christianity. Um, Probably honestly, because of how I was raised, like I said, I have three brothers and two of them are for very different reasons. I mean, actually all three of them are very high achieving people. Like, talented musicians or talented my other brother's a talented athlete like he's run a hundred mile marathon um in his 30s so like just (laughs) I know I'm like you're making the rest of us look bad um but (laughs) yeah they just there was such I compared myself so deeply to them and just felt like I could never be good enough and so it was almost like the guy I was excluded from the gospel it was like well yeah they get the gospel because they're such great people and you know, they're so kind and they're so whatever they earned it. And so it wasn't until I like saw myself that I needed Jesus. And like, I, I was the problem. Um, you know, for a while I kind of blamed like, Oh, well, if I hadn't been raised in this family or if I hadn't, I don't know, you know, you blame all kinds of outside circumstances for your, your life choices. And then you realize like, Oh no, I'm the common denominator here. Um, so that was, that was like a very yeah. eye opening. And when I saw myself in, as the common denominator, it was much easier to surrender my life to Jesus and know that he was the only one that was going to really like lift me out of the spot I was in. Um, but I guess, yeah, to answer your question, no, yeah. I don't know that there was like, if someone had said it better or if differently, um, cause it's not that I didn't understand it. 
it just didn't feel applicable to me. Yeah, like that whole idea of having to earn God's love, which we know so not true, but it's easy to think that when you don't know God, it's could yeah. feel like that. Sure. Yeah. And it, I mean, it feels true, you know, because everything else in life has like checks and balances. It's like, if you perform well, people like you, if you, you know, everything else in life has that kind of rhythm, except for Christianity. You know, Jesus is kind of the yeah. only one that's like, I love you no matter what. And you actually could never do enough to get to me. Um, and yeah. I think when I saw that the playing field was all equal, like, God didn't see my brothers as better than me and he didn't see me as worse. He just saw us all as sinners that he wanted to save. Then the gospel was like alive and real to me. Yeah. That's so cool. What was your life like when you did run from God? Like what, what kind of sins were you struggling with? Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I look back on that period and even read about how it was writing uh, or read my own writing, it was just very dark, very heavy, very unhappy. Um, and that was like the overarching kind of picture of that period of my life. But I mean, I, I think I struggle with like the same sins that most people do in high school. It's like I wanted to be loved and accepted and I didn't care what it took to feel that way. And so you settle for all these temporary love and acceptances um, and get them in all kinds of ways to feel good about yourself. And then basically I was just moving from one to the next, whether it was drinking or drugs or dating um, you know, or relationships or hookups or whatever it was, it was just, everything was just a, a momentary thing to feel the love and acceptance to get to the next thing. This is something that I wish I could get back into myself is like, you're going to have to tell your husband one day, I mean, mostly in the like sexual arena, like what, I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but you know, like that's something that you have yeah. like, you with each other before you get married. And, um, I was just wondering like what that looked like with your husband and not, you don't have to go into any details, but just like that conversation. Like, I just wish I could like tell every girl in high school, like if only you could see like a couple years ahead when you meet yeah. the guy you're going to marry, like that's going to be really hard and not that, not to shame or bring guilt at all, but just like being able to have that perspective of like, this is actually going to impact my future relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And just the, having the mindset of like, whatever you do now, you don't get to a race just because you get older. Yeah. You know, like I think that there's, <laughs> you get so tunnel visioned in high school that you think like, well, this is just now I'm never going to think about this again and I'll graduate high school and then I'll just like move on. But that's not how it works. Um, yeah. And my husband had a completely different story than mine. So like we met in college um, and he had been waiting and praying for his wife. And then I was like, surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, just very different stories. And I was like super open with him the first night we even met because, and we met at like a band, like a, a friend's get, like get together sorority fraternity gathering thing. And, um, yeah. and we like just ended up talking and I even shared like in the first night of us hanging out, like I have a very crazy story like a very or I don't even think I said crazy. I just like I have a very different past um and so I had alluded to it because I didn't want to like just shock him um and I said like I didn't become a Christian until I think at that point it would have been like a year and a half like I'm a very new Christian um anyway yeah. so yeah um but that conversation was was probably one of the harder conversations I've had to have um because his story was so different and he, he is an amazing man and he was, but he had to walk away for a minute and, and like 
I don't even want to say think on it, but it just like he had to process it. And he came back and was like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. God can forgive you. Who am I to not? Um, so while he, he had like such an amazing um, attitude about it, it was definitely like a horrible conversation. <laughs> and one I wish that I hadn't have to have. Yeah. And then there is like, there is a reality that you don't get to just leave your past in your past. You know, it sneaks back in in certain ways. And uh, we, you know, had to go to counseling and early marriage for some of the stuff in my past. And, um, and we, we've, we have a great marriage, but there's just a reality that you can't undo everything, you know, that was before that relationship. I'm so sorry. That's my dishwasher. <laughs> it sings like this whole song when the dishwasher is done. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, our washing dryer does that. I'm always like, it's still going. It's so yeah, good. I know. It's like a whole, like it's like a whole bit. Oh, yeah, it is. That's so funny. No idea why. Um, yeah, I could just imagine. Well, I actually can't. I'm not just imagining because I had to have a similar conversation mm. um, with Sammy, and luckily the Lord had protected me from like actually having sex before marriage, which was mm. kind of crazy because I was so wild. So I don't know. Uh, how that happened. I mean, it really was just yeah. the Lord before I even knew him. But, um, but I like just because there can be so much shame and guilt around like sexual decisions and moral decisions like that. Um, one other question I had was, what do you tell girls now that are struggling with shame because of those kinds of decisions? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sexual sin is, well, first of all, I feel like it's the sin no one wants to talk about, but it's like the one everyone's struggling with the most. Um, yeah. And that was like one of the main reasons I really wanted to write down my stories because I felt like that was the main thing that was really portrayed so different in like media um, and just culture was like, you can have sex. There's no consequences. You'll just break up and move on. And that was so not my experience. Like when I dated in college and I didn't have sex, when we broke up, it was like a paper cut and, you know, you put a bandaid on it and you'd like move on and be like, well, that kind of, that's a bummer. But it was not a big deal. But then in high school, it was like trying to put a bandaid over a bullet wound. Um, and so just that, you know, that huge stark contrast is like, why are we not talking about this? Why are we, why are we putting this out there? Like, oh, for girls to be empowered, you should just like do what you want. It's like, no, there's God puts these parameters in place because he loves you and wants to protect you. You know, it's just like my kids, like I don't want them to run across the street, not because I don't want them to go to our neighbors and have fun but because like there's a car coming and it could hit you, <laughs> you yeah. know, like there, where there's protection in place for a reason. Um, and the shame is so real that comes with those decisions. Like, and it's, um, and I, I like to say that I think Satan tries to shame us into silence um, because if he can shame us into mm-hmm. silence, we can, he can stop the generations from knowing like God has better for you. And I think there's generations of women that have been shamed into silence by their past and I personally was like, I'm not going to be shamed into silence now, especially because I have two daughters. I'm like, and they literally can go pick up my book at Amazon and read about my whole past, <laughs> which is terrifying. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm so yeah. glad because it, it holds me accountable to tell them about the realities that like, yeah, shame, shame is real, but also God is bigger. Um, and I like, I believe God can redeem anything and everything. But, it, you know, again, it doesn't come without its consequences. And um, but it, I do believe God can take, you know, even our most shameful thing and turn it. And I'm living proof of this, like turn it in for his glory. And I, I also think shame is not a, a one time like you deal with it once and you move on. Shame is something like you beat down with a baseball bat 
through the power of God's word over and over and over again. Like Satan's going to kind of try to constantly oh. remind you that you screwed up and like, and you don't just get to be like, Oh no, I forget about that. Like you're going to still remember and you're going to still have to go back with the, yeah. with the power of God's word and say like, yeah, but this is, I am a new creation. You know, I am this, I am not the old me. Um, I live like where I went to high school. Like I live like five minutes from my high school. And so there, you know, there's always the fear of like, Oh gosh, what if I run into someone or what if, and I just, I have to live confident that like, I am not who I was. And, and that's true. I'm not. And it's easy. And I think honestly, like when I have seen people, it is easy to see that I am a different person. I mean, God's changed so much in my life and redeemed. I mean, so much of my heart too. What a merciful God that had you throw all that out there in a book before you had the daughters that you could change your mind about telling. I, yeah. I mean, I think that's so awesome um, because I think part of the whole shame is if I was to reveal my past, then what kind of what, what's going to happen with them? Are they going to take it all on? Are they going to say, well, you turned out OK, so mm-hmm. I can go down the same path. I mean, I think that's all Satan saying all those things, because clearly um, God is sovereign over all that. And it doesn't what you do does not pass on to generations of people because you, you know, told them that God is sovereign. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. However, I think every mother in the world that made mistakes that's always a question in their mind you know how much do I share or do I share at all Mm -hmm. Um, so how would you speak to that Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's it's so interesting when popular came out I got two types of emails the most one was from girls who were living my life currently like same kind of life and wanted to get out and then the second was from moms who had lived the life but were too scared to talk to daughters And those were the emails I received the most. And I think, first of all, you risk more by saying nothing than you do by saying something. Um, My mom didn't talk to me. She has a very similar story to mine. Um, And so I got all my information from my very knowledgeable friends. (laughs) And and the the thing is, like, there's these girls are going to like our daughters want answers and they're going to find them somewhere. And I have landed on, I'd rather even come to them with like, I don't know, or you're right. Who am I to, to say you shouldn't, except for that I'm the one that's lived it, you know? And so I almost think there's so much power in our testimony because of living it and knowing it doesn't work. Um, and obviously like there, you have to put boundaries around. I, there's, there's boundaries you gotta put up with kids in all areas of what we tell them and that's for each you know situation to decide. But I think you risk more in not saying anything than you do in telling them something. Um, and again, I think you know God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Um, and I think if you're not saying something out of fear, it's probably not because God's you know. There's wisdom, obviously, like to know when to not say something. But I think if you're you're not doing it because you're afraid. That doesn't seem like Jesus to me. Yeah, I mean, just all of that is so beautiful. I think that's why, even though I, you know, could be your mother, <laughs> I, um, I could look at it from so many different angles. I can look at it from what it's like to be a teenager, and then what it's like to be a newlywed, and then what it's like to turn around and then have daughters, and be like, oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
you're probably not going to have to spill all those beans with your sons. Yeah. Um, I know my husband. I'm like, you get to spill all your beans. (laughs) You spill all your beans. Exactly. Um, But I do think that's such a common question um, for moms, Christian moms and non-Christian moms. I mean, I think it's, you know, and and it's almost like that's also not talked about. You know, it's not talked about what it's like to be in high school and what it's like to have shame and what it's like to go down the wrong path and, you know, the after effects of that. But it's also not ever talked about, you know, they tell you how to parent and, you know, you know, blah, 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 but not like how much, how much to share or when you should share. What does that look like biblically? You know, because like what you're saying, but I mean, just what you said is very clear, you know, Mm-hmm. You know, the truth is the truth. I mean, you know, yeah. it's never really like lie. I mean, it doesn't say, well, tell the truth unless you did something bad and you want your daughter to do it too. That's not a Bible verse. Yeah. 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 And I mean, obviously I do think it's probably a kid by kid. Like we're going to have like, like for my example, my oldest is like a rule follower to a T. I mean, or it's like, she wants to know the rules because she's going to do exactly what you say. I mean, she did not get any of my genetic material, I think. But <laughs> she's my husband through and through. It's like, oh, those are the rules? Okay, I'd like to follow them. Um, so, like, I feel like I could tell her something, and she's not going to hold it against me, right? So there's going to be more freedom in her and I's conversations than there is in maybe my third daughter who doesn't really care what the rules are. Now she's only four. So who knows? She's got a long journey ahead of her, (laughs) but I can already see the differences in how they handle information. Right. And so knowing our kids, my parents always said, like, be a student of your child, knowing your kids and knowing what they're ready for and what they're, I mean, this even comes up as like, when do I give the sex talk? You know, well, that's like, I, I even think that's a per child. You know, some books say eight years old. My eight-year-old is not ready for that conversation. I mean, she still thinks Santa Claus is real. Like, we can't burst it all in one day. Like, so it is It is a, I think there is, you know, you got to know your kids. And, and I think that's where we pray and we ask God for wisdom in what we share and how we share it and when we share it and, and being available for the opportunities that will come, you know, will, those doors will be opened. And I do remember my mom one time when the first guy I slept with broke up with me and I just was like a a disaster. Um, I was super depressed. I mean, I was going through so much like with my friends and I mean, I just was, I was in the bottom of the bottom. And I remember my mom like just cracking a window open to her past and just saying she understood. And that's all she told me. It was like, I get it. I know, I know how you feel. And I like felt so seen and so understood. And I mean, I like, and I know it sounds crazy, but I actually respected my mom more because she had the willingness to step in it with me and not like, you know, toss more shame on the pile, but was willing to come down to my level and be like, I get it. I'm so sorry. Um, and I read an author recently. I think it was Try Softer by Andy. I think it's Andy Colbert. I can't remember how to say her last name, but she said, empathy lends to strength. So our empathy lends to strength for our kids. But for some reason, it feels the opposite's true. You know, it feels like you should like get them to buck up. But in reality, when we get down on their level and we're like, I get it. I know this is hard. It gives them the strength, I think, to keep going. Kind of like I'm obviously not a mom, so I don't I can't relate on that level. But like even just in like a small group 
um, or yeah. like a Bible study, like it only takes one person to be vulnerable for the whole group to open up. And it just kind of reminds me of that, like vulnerability and empathy just go such a long way. So I can imagine telling your kids, like being vulnerable about your story with your kids probably is so much more impactful than you think it is. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point in a small group setting for sure. Like, or knowing like you have one friend that's, you know, caring with you that, oh, that kind of stuff just does. It gets, you know, it just helps you keep moving. I would love to know more about how you grew closer to the Lord and the moment when you realized he was good and for you and you wanted to walk with him. Yeah. 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 So like I said, my, I'm, my brother was doing his first ever passion conference in Nashville, Tennessee. And my parents invited me. I had like cracked the door open to God in the sense that I was like going to a sorority Bible study. And I think my mom like almost had a heart attack when I told her. Um, <laughs> but I, I really was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to just, I knew that what I did in high school didn't work. So I went to college. Nobody knew my family. Nobody knew my brothers. Nobody knew like who the Stanfills were. And so I was like, okay, I can have like a whole new reputation. So I basically was like, I'm going to change some things. Like I was like, I'll stop doing drugs and I'll stop sleeping with whoever I'm dating. And that was like, I mean, I was still going to drink all the time, but I was just like, I'll cut those two things out and like kind of clean up my life a little more is what my brilliant idea was. So I kind of <laughs> didn't share all this with my parents, but a little bit. And so they kind of saw like, Oh, community should be open. And they invited me to come to the passion conference and Beth Moore was speaking, which if you've ever heard Beth Moore speak, it's like, it is like she is talking directly to you. And there's like a thousand people in the audience, but you're like, I know, I know she read my journal. Um, and so she <laughs> was talking about the pit of sin and just how like God lifted her out of the pit of sin and put her on solid ground. And she referenced, I think, Psalms 46 and talking about God putting you on solid ground. Like, and I just saw that I had been the one to put myself in the pit of sin and like only, um, only God was going to lift me out. And it wasn't my family's problem. And it wasn't, you know, whoever's I'd been dating problem. It was my problem. And I needed to surrender my life to Jesus. And my brother's song that he was doing at passion was Jesus paid it all. And so he, that night came on stage and was singing the chorus of Jesus paid it all was, you know, praise the one who paid my debt, raised this life up from the dead. And I just like, I mean, really was like, okay, you can have it all. And my life really didn't look ever the same after that, that conference. Um, like I had been dating a guy when I came into the conference, we broke up like a week afterwards. Um, I basically like, wow. I didn't ditch all my friends, but I definitely... I mean, I stopped going out with all my friends. I mean, I was a very lonely year of college. College is a hard time to become a Christian. Um, and mm. yeah, it just, God completely changed every, every part of my life. But it, and it wasn't, I like to tell that though, that it was like a full year of wrestling with God. Like, like I remember thinking, maybe I can just drink some. I mean, again, cause college is a hard time to become a Christian. So I was like, I'll just go to parties and have like a little bit to drink but I won't have all that much, but I would just get out of control. I would make choices. I didn't, I regretted. So then it was like, okay, God, I'm, I'm all in. So I just started, it was like a slow surrender of all the things I thought I needed. Um, and yeah. And then, and even at one point, like surrendering dating and starting, I mean, it's just like this constant, I feel like I'd get one thing kind of down and then I'd be like, he'd be like, okay, you're, we need, I need this, I need this. And it just was, I was so willing 
to open my hands up to whatever he had for me because I knew he had better than what I could do for myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that part of your story because it's so similar to mine. Um, mine, it was basically like a moment like that, but, um, it was at a young life camp, like a weekend young life camp. And it's just so funny. Like you were saying like, God, like, or like you kind of cracked open the door to God. And I feel like that's where I was mm-hmm. too. It was like, I was going to young life cause it was like a fun social thing, but like I went on a whole weekend like trip with young life, which is like to think about that. It's kind of funny. Like I know people were like, why is she going to young life? But it was like that too. Like I just had like this moment with God where I was like, I'm not happy. Like I'm miserable. I know there has to be more like fulfilling things out there. And so I came back from that weekend and like lost so many friends. And I was like, I'm going to stop drinking. And, um, which I did the same thing you did. I was like, well, maybe I can drink a little bit. It'll be fine. But that's not a thing when you're used to getting wasted. And then I would do yeah, you can't just like scale it back. Yeah, you can't. And um, something you said, I think it was, I don't know if it was in your book or a podcast. So I wrote it down. It's, it's some, you said, sometimes God asks us to give up things and relationships that we want. And we have to trust that that life will be better. And I, was, I just remind, like when you were just talking about that, it just reminded me that I wrote that down because it's so true. And it's it's not like a instant, okay, now I'm living for the Lord. It's like a process that you have to actively choose to surrender. So I love that. I love that part of your story. Yeah. And you're living it too, that it took, yeah, that uh, like I, I, if you're willing to give God all of it, like I think he's willing to give you more in return. Yeah. But it definitely, we want it to be instant. Yes. Or at least I did. I don't know if you felt that way, but I wanted it to be like, you know, snap my fingers and I had great Christian friends and, and it just was, it's, it was such a longer, harder, um, releasing of all the things to him than I thought it would be. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was just going to ask just listening to, I know the high school and college look different for you, but mm-hmm. kind of if this is kind of a twofold question, if, if you were going to talk to somebody who was walking with the Lord and obviously we know what it's like walking with the Lord, you know what it's like, it was like then and what it's like now, what would you tell that girl that is lonely that doesn't, you know, they're really, they don't have that many options and mm-hmm. um, you know, how to stand strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the normal, you know, read the Bible yeah. and pray. It's obviously they need to do that, but yeah. you know, because, right. because it, and knowing even a high schooler knows that even when they make it through high school, if they decide they're going to go on to college, they're back in the same, you know, it's just not like there's Christian colleges or, Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I will say, I think we can be really active in the waiting. Um, like for me, I joined campus ministries. I even like my youngest brother had friends coming to Auburn and was like, like, tell me if you have any good Christian girlfriends like coming, I want to meet them. Like I just, I was, I was I think sometimes we sit and we wait, right? And that's great. And there are seasons for sitting and waiting. But also I think action is required a lot of times too. Like go go find places to get involved. Go find campus ministries. Most colleges have great campus ministries. I mean, honestly, a lot most high schools have pretty like 
from what I know, I don't know. I was never involved, but my brothers were always involved in great. I mean, find a church. Like if your church isn't working, find a church that where you can get plugged in. Like I, I mean, I tried like a couple different churches at Auburn. I tried a couple different campus ministries. Like I, I really worked hard to find my people and the people that I felt like we're going to, I was going to grow my faith with. Um, and then I, and I did just have to wait. Like I did all I could. And then I did have to wait and know, know that this was a season. Um, a lot of it was like how I talked to myself, which sounds like crazy, but telling myself like, this isn't going to be forever. You know, this is, this is a season. Um, but yeah, I mean, to go from having, when I had like a big group of girlfriends to literally, I was asked to drive them places and that was about it. So yeah, it's, it is, I guess my encouragement is it will be worth the wait and it, it, it it will, I, I have yet to meet people where it hasn't come, even if it's a year for me, it was like over a year of really waiting um, and praying and getting involved and like finding what worked and what didn't. But yeah, I mean, and the great thing about life is it is seasonal. Like it, it does, we graduate out to the next season. Um, and I, and God's brought different people and different opportunities in my life at every season, even now in mothering, like being a mom is super lonely sometimes. Um, but finding, you know, good friends and all that kind of stuff. I just, it, it, it will, it takes patience. I, w- I wish there was like an easy cure all. Does that help? Does that answer your question? I don't know if I answered it. Oh, absolutely. I just think, um, I just think girls listening to this, I mean, you know, they're, they're asking that question. And I think that's a great, great answer. Cause you know, sometimes you have to wait and sometimes you need to take some steps forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. And really believing that God's going to show up in the waiting. Like I, I had to, in so many seasons with friends, with dating, um, that was so much a part of my surrender was that God was going to show up for me in the waiting. Um, and he did, but I, I like, again, it was never in the timely manner I wanted it to be. Yeah. That instant gratification that we mm-hmm. long for so desperately. <laughs> it's not yes. usually from God. <laughs> Well, that's so good. Well, I didn't warn you about this question, but it's something we ask at the end of every episode. And it's just something, or what is something that has been bringing you joy recently? This sounds scripted, but it's not. Reading. (laughs) (laughs) I I love reading. Um, But I don't know about you, but we get into bed at the end of the night normally. And like Netflix is easier to go to than like the book on my bedside. But then when our internet went out, I was like, I guess I'm picking back up all these books that I started and then dropped off. So uh, I'm currently reading, this is really funny to admit on a Christian podcast, I'm currently reading Jessica Simpson's memoir. um, (laughs) Along with, it actually is is so fascinating. It's just such a peek into, into like that world, you know, like the. I don't know. I'm only 50 pages in. So don't, don't hold me to that one. Um, I'm reading like six other books too. That's not my only read, but I am really enjoying it. Um, But I love reading, reading and uh, journaling has been, has, yeah, has really been 
And my, my, again, this sounds very scripted. It's not, I promise. My husband and I are doing the read a Bible in a year um, with like our small group. And that's actually, I have enjoyed that so much more. Even we, what we've really enjoyed is talking together about how weird the Old Testament is. Yeah, it's so, it's so crazy. I feel like I didn't read the Old Testament until like a couple of years ago maybe like a year ago because it was just scary <laughs> yeah it is so weird really. it's so strange yeah there's a podcast called the bible recap where she talks about each chapter of the bible and like recaps it and and she knows you know she can give you like a lot of the, the reasons behind and stuff and i have had to do that a bunch with the old testament but yeah that's been and yeah, I how mean, far in are is, we're on day like 160 we're We started January 1st. I'm impressed. That's awesome. Do you think because you love journaling and writing that you will write another book? I know in your spare time with your four children, you know. (laughs) Yes. I'm my, my goal is to keep, is to keep writing. I, um, I think my next book book will be about mother. I think I have actually almost finished my second book. What I do with it. I do not know, but, um, we know we can tell you. Awesome. Um, but it's about motherhood. So honestly, it's been so long since I published my first one. I'm like, the people that read my first one probably are about to become moms. And so I can just like pass it on to the next. Well, it's so funny you said that. Right before we started recording, I was like, it's so funny because I read your book in high school when I was like, I felt like I was you. And now I'm to the point where I'm like thinking about, oh, like I would love for my daughter to read this book yeah. one day, obviously. So it's just, yeah, it's just so cool. Yeah, that's a good point. I know my sister-in-law was asking me when my niece can read it. She's, gosh, is she 12 or 13? Um, I think she's, and I was like, okay, well, not yet because she's too young, but also I'm going to need like a real heads up. Yeah, (laughs) that's so funny. Just because I would want to have like follow-up conversations if she would be willing to and stuff but that I'm like how is this possible that we're at the point like her babies were babies when I was writing and now here we are that is crazy wow that's so cool well thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom with us and just talk about your story and for being so real and open we're so thankful to have you so thank you oh you're welcome thank you guys for asking and it was just so fun to chat with you and good for you for using your story to keep encouraging women we just need we need that we need all the people well thank you so much